I'll let you in on a little secret. Reaching your revenue goal won't change your life, but hitting your profit goal, that absolutely will. If you want to build a life-first business this year, you need to create more margin, both in your finances and in your schedule. If you're ready to double down on profit-generating strategies that actually work so you can work four-day weeks, go on real vacations, or even take the summers off, you won't want to miss this. In my free masterclass, Double Your Profit While Working Less, you'll learn exactly how to set your business up to scale so you can give yourself a raise, create a clear plan for how to work that dream schedule, and step into your CEO era, the one where you and your business aren't just surviving, but thriving. You can grab this free masterclass at www.jadeboyd.co backslash double your profit masterclass or go to the link in the show notes. Now back to the show. Hormone balancing essentially is if you're having hormones that are too high or too low, implementing the lifestyle things that you need to, the dietary habits that you need to, possibly supplementation to get that value in a more optimal level for you and your body. Welcome to the Business Minimalist Podcast, a podcast about redefining productivity for the modern woman in business and finding ways to work smarter, not harder, in business and life. I'm your host, Jade Boyd. I'm an MBA, business strategist, and mentor who helps overwhelmed business owners simplify and scale their service-based businesses with strategy and systems. On this podcast, we'll explore simple ways to earn more while working less. If you're ready to scale your business, bring order to chaos, ditch the busy work, and make space for what really matters, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Business Minimalist Podcast. Is your business running your life? It shouldn't be. If you're spending endless hours at your laptop with 30 tabs open, jumping from task to task, and letting important projects fall through the cracks, I see you. That ends now. Say goodbye to business overwhelm with the Organize Your Business ClickUp template. ClickUp is the task management software I use to organize my business in one place. And now you can use my exact template too. The template comes with quick start video modules where I teach you exactly how to get started in ClickUp and how to use each part of the template to organize a different part of your business. It's totally possible to start each workday knowing exactly what you should and shouldn't be doing to grow your business. If you want this to be the year that you finally commit to getting organized, visit the link in the show notes to shop the Organize Your Business template today. Welcome to the show, Savannah. Hi, Jade. I'm so excited to be here. I'm super excited for this conversation. I feel like it's a topic that is so overwhelming for a lot of women and rightly so because it can be very confusing and there's a lot of information floating around and it's hard to kind of sparse if you don't have expertise what's real and not real. So I'm really looking forward to this conversation. There's information everywhere and it doesn't help when you have like super, super famous and well-known supplement companies and influencers and things like that, promoting hormone balancing supplements and things like that. And there's just a lot of misinformation out there. So I'm excited to break this down with you today. Yeah. And for anyone who's not already following Savannah, go follow her on Instagram because I learn so much from your content. It always comes from such an approachable standpoint. I feel like I understand what you're saying, but also there's so much science and research. You share where the information is actually coming from. So go give Savannah a follow. But to start out, would you want to start by kind of giving an introduction of who you are and how you got into doing what you're doing today? Because you've had, like everybody, kind of a roundabout journey into entrepreneurship. And I love hearing those stories. 
So I am someone, you know, I've been active my entire life. I was always involved in like multiple sports teams growing up. And I actually had plans to play college softball, but I had to have too many surgeries. And so I kind of let go of that dream. So it was throughout college, I was kind of learning how to navigate health myself, kind of learning. I went through the under eating over exercising phase because I thought that I needed to be the smallest version of myself possible. And I finally reached, well, then I met my husband and I reached this point where I was like, you know what? I'm in a happy relationship for once in my life. I just kind of want to feel strong. I don't really care what I look like. I just want to be the strongest version of myself. So that's when I kind of like shifted my whole mindset around strength training and nutrition and all of that. So then after we got married and I got pregnant, it was my, my pregnancy. I started doing all the research on Google uh, everywhere asking, you know, what can I do to stay active throughout my pregnancy? And there was so much conflicting information out there and everything said like, oh, well do yoga and do Pilates. And I was like, well, I don't, but also don't do anything new. And I, had never done yoga and Pilates before. So I was like, well, what the heck am I supposed to do? So I kind of just went through that on my own. My doctor was wonderful, but she didn't really give me any information in that area. And then same thing postpartum. I went to my postpartum checkup appointment and they're like, you're good to go. Go ahead and do whatever you were doing, you know, before. And so I went and I'm not a runner, but I just was like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited to go move my body. And so I went and ran a mile and it was miserable. And after that, I kind of started having some pelvic floor issues. And so I was like, you know, this just, this makes me so sad that pregnancy is something that so many women go through in their life multiple times in their life. And there's so much, there's just not enough education out there regarding it. And so that's when I just got really fired up and I was like, okay, I'm going to change this. I'm going to start coaching women in this space. So then what turned into coaching women, the majority of women trying to get ready for pregnancy and postpartum. I started realizing how many of the women that I was working with were battling hormonal imbalances and they were having all of these symptoms that are clear that they have something going on. They were going to their doctors. They just weren't being heard. And so I was like, okay, once again, I am so sad at how the medical system is failing women with their health because, you know, those are the people that you're supposed to be going to with these things. And so that's when I got uh, certified in hormones. And now here I am just kind of doing it every single day and it's a dream. So to start out, what does it really mean? Let's define what does it mean and what are we talking about when we say balance your hormones? Right. So I'm going to kind of talk about conventional medicine versus functional medicine as well, because there is a big difference. And so conventional medicine is basically what we see every single day. You know, you're going to the your doctor, you have your, your checkup appointment, maybe it's once a year or however often you're actually going to the doctor because a lot of people aren't going enough. But you go, they say, how are you doing? How are you feeling? You say, great. Any concerns? Nope. All right, well, let's do a physical here. All right, see you next year or see you next time. And that's kind of like conventional medicine. Functional medicine is more so you go in and it's much more thorough. They're saying, okay, well, what symptoms are you having? Oh, you feel kind of tired? Oh, well, you know, what are we doing with your lifestyle? What does your nutrition look like? Why is it that you're feeling so tired? And I see this a lot. So obviously, you know, working with women, the majority of women that will go to their doctor, usually it's related to like symptoms they're having around their period, their menstrual cycles, possibly fertility, struggling to lose weight, things like that. Okay. So we have so many different hormones in our body and it can feel very overwhelming if you like, there's so many hormones. Okay. 
And so basically our hormones are supposed to be at specific levels for us. Now, conventional medicine has a standard range for every single hormone where their hormone should be. Because we live in such an unhealthy world in society now, those ranges are so wide. So we could go into the doctor and even though, you know, your lab values might not be where they should be for you and your body, you're healthier than 80% of the population. So you're okay. And so that's the conventional med side of things. Now, functional med kind of dives in more like, okay, well, you're a healthy 25-year-old woman. Okay, so your values should actually probably be here rather than right here where they're at. And so hormone balancing essentially is if you're having hormones that are too high or too low, implementing the lifestyle things that you need to, the dietary habits that you need to, possibly supplementation to get that value in a more optimal level for you and your body. This is so good. So this is coming at the perfect time because I have my annual doctor's visit this week, actually. So starting with that, is there anything that people can do during those visits to make that visit more useful? Or is that something that if you want that information or that advice, you have to seek out a functional doctor separately? So realistically, you should be able to do this with your conventional doctor. A lot of people who end up turning to functional med doctors are because they aren't being heard by their previous physicians. So to get ready for your appointment, what you can do is you can sort of whatever you feel is off with you. Like if you're struggling to lose weight, struggling to gain weight, you have no energy. You feel like you need to take a nap to get throughout the day, or you're surviving off caffeine all day. If you just have any symptoms that whatsoever, go in, make a list of everything that you're having and present those to your doctor. And if your doctor is just saying like, okay, well, keep an eye on it, come back next year. That's when you kind of want to say, no, this has been going on for a while. It can go into a whole rabbit hole. I mean, I've worked with women. Thankfully, I've never experienced this myself. My doctor, maybe I'm an annoying patient, (laughs) but my clients, I've had multiple clients who have to see like three to four doctors before they actually have someone listen to the problems that they're having. And so if you haven't had lab work done in a while, I would really recommend you getting that done just because I realistically, I mean, your hormones can be changing Your labs can be changing within a matter of weeks, a matter of months. So if you haven't had lab work done in a few years, I would say it's time to get some labs done. I was going to ask, so if there's no specific symptoms that people are experiencing, but they're like, generally, I would just like to know where my numbers are at. Is that what you ask for? Just ask for lab work. And typically in a standard lab workup, are they going to include all the information you would need to check on where your hormone balance is at? No. (laughs) (laughs) And that's another thing. So Usually if you go to your doctor and you say, Hey, I want some lab work done. They're going to run a CBC. So looking at all of your blood cells, a CMP, which is going to look at a lot of like metabolites in your body. So like your sodium, BUN, you know, things like that. Now, as far as your hormones go more often than not, they're not going to check those. They might check your TSH and your T4, but there's a lot more to your thyroid than those specific labs. If you are wanting specific labs, you're wanting to dive in more to your hormones I would say you ask for those hormones, but then also it's important that you are educating yourself before your appointment on when you need those hormones tested, because those do fluctuate throughout the month. And it's important that you're testing them at the right time in your cycle. And it surprises me that a lot of doctors aren't doing this. And I've had my sister, for example, her OBGYN told her that testing hormones at a specific time in your cycle doesn't mean anything. And she didn't even know that your hormones are fluctuating throughout the month. And she's a women's health doctor. So there's that. Wow. 
So when you go to a functional doctor, I'm imagining this experience is going to be much different. Yes. Ideally, it should be. If you go into your functional med doctor, realistically, your appointment should be a little bit longer and you tell them what hormones you want. Most functional med doctors are going to be familiar with the whole hormonal fluctuations and also the functional lab values. So again, like a good example, uh, your TSH, so your thyroid stimulating hormone, which we can, we'll touch base about this later, I'm sure. But this is kind of a, a hormone that people are fairly familiar with when it comes to your thyroid. Now, functional med is going to say, you know, you're probably going to feel a lot better at half of that value. So that's where it's going to, if you go to your conventional med doctor, you're not being heard. I say, go to a functional doctor. If you go to your PCP, you have labs done and they're telling you your labs are fine, but you're still having symptoms. Take those labs to a functional med doctor and have them reviewed. So what are some of the other common hormones if you have to specifically ask for certain tests to be done in order to check on certain levels, which are like the big ones that we should be paying the most attention to? Yeah. So this can be kind of tricky, but usually, you know, when it comes to sex hormones, I would say progesterone, estrogen, and testosterone are going to be like kind of the big three that people are pretty familiar with. Progesterone, you need to test in the second half of your cycle because that comes after you ovulate, but estrogen and testosterone, you can test early in your cycle. Other ones. So you can look at cortisol. Cortisol is something that I feel like is something that so many people struggle with now. You probably hear about cortisol and stress all the time, but with cortisol, it can be a little bit trickier because, you know, your cortisol is also changing throughout the day. And so you need to make sure that you are, you're testing it properly. So cortisol is one, your sex hormones I mentioned, also looking at this kind of is, this is along the line of hormones, but like your glucose, your A1C. So your glucose is basically how much sugar is in your blood. And then your A1C looks at your average blood glucose over the last three months. So that one is really helpful too, just because your glucose can be really sensitive to things. Like for example, if you didn't sleep well the night before, you can have an elevated blood glucose. So that's why the A1C can be really helpful too. So along those lines, insulin is another thing that's really important to look into as well. Oh, and thyroid, of course. So This is really good information. And I think you touched on this, but I want to dig into it a little bit more. I feel like a lot of women are experiencing symptoms that they think are normal because of how common they are. So I do want you to share a little bit more about what your experience has been understanding like for your own life, how to balance your hormones, but also the things that you've seen for your clients in the transformations that they're able to get once they are empowered to understand what's actually happening and being able to differentiate what's common from what is normal. Right. So I'm going to be honest. I honestly haven't myself battled a ton of hormonal imbalances. And I think it's because, so I was on birth control for, gosh, I think I got on it when I was like 14, came off when I met my husband, got pregnant, went back on birth control with my postpartum appointment. But instantly I was like, okay, I feel really awful this time around. So I came off and that's when I started getting certified in everything and realized, oh, like I don't really want to be on birth control right now. And that's a whole nother conversation that we can have sometime. I'm not anti-birth control. I'm anti-education on birth control. I mean, (laughs) pro-education. Or I'm sorry, anti-lack of education. (laughs) You know, that's what I meant. But so like, for example, so a lot of clients that I work with, if they're, you know, your menstrual cycle is like something that most women are experiencing. I will say if you're on hormonal birth control, your menstrual cycle is not going to be, this is not going to apply to you. 
So for the women that are not on hormonal birth control, if they're having like period cramps, for example, like really intense cramps, they need to go take mydol and maybe they have a day or two where they're just like miserable during their period. This is like probably the number one thing that I see with clients. So sometimes this can mean that your hormones are off or that you weren't properly supporting your cycle. So a good way to think of your period is think of it like a report card over the last month. And so if you were doing stuff leading up to your period, that was, you know, really stressful on your body. Maybe you didn't ovulate, maybe you were traveling, you know, whatever else, anything that causes stress to your body, it affects your hormones because our hormones are so sensitive. So your like, for example, your blood sugar can be affected within like three days of under eating. So with my clients, so a lot of times, you know, if they're having, I'm sure you and I, I know like growing up, I experienced period cramps a lot. And I just thought that was the norm because so were all of my friends. They were, everyone's having period cramps. It was just a period party. So that can be due to a lot of things. It can be due to hormone imbalances like excess estrogen. It can be due to uh, nutritional deficiencies. So like magnesium, for example, or lifestyle habits. So like if you're consuming way too much caffeine, that can contribute to your period cramp. So there's a lot of things that you need to like kind of look into as far as what's going on with that. And now when women come to me and they're experiencing these things and I'm like, okay, so maybe we need to try doing this to support your period, your menstrual health a little bit better. And they're like, Savannah, this is insane. I can't remember the last period I had where I wasn't just bent over in pain, crying. And it's just amazing. I think this is so good because it's good to think about your period as an indicator and to pay attention to those things. And it's oftentimes, I think it's changing now and more people are starting to talk about it, especially in the industry I'm in, the productivity space, understanding how different phases of your cycle affect your energy and therefore your expectations of yourself is becoming really popular and almost common, I would say. I mean, I'm paying attention to it now, so I see it. You know, Once you start paying attention to something, you'll see it everywhere. But I do think that that's only started to happen recently. But for a long time, I like never talked about my period or understood what it meant. And it's funny, I recently went off of birth control probably about two years ago now and started doing like the natural family planning just for the sake of like wanting a more all natural solution. Again, nothing against birth control, but I wanted to understand what was happening in my body better and to allow my body to do what it was designed to do and totally personal decision. But I remember I hired a coach to teach me all these things. And I remember talking to Caleb about what I was learning, like, oh my gosh, this is blowing my mind. How like the different hormones are different, like different levels of the month. And this is what's happening. And he was like, Jade, we learned this in like seventh grade. I'm like, I know, but I forgot it all instantly. Like I wasn't paying attention. And it's funny how little we recognize about what's happening in our own bodies. Right. Well, and I know like for me, I was never taught this stuff about the hormonal fluctuations throughout the month. I was always just taught like basically the sex education that I received growing up was always if you have sex, you're going to get pregnant and like that's it. And so you need to be on birth control and you need to use condoms and things like that. I had no idea about all of the different fluctuations and that you can only get pregnant a couple days in your cycle. And it is really interesting. And I love that you mentioned paying attention to like how you're feeling in those different phases, because especially, you know, being on the business side of things, I've heard of some people saying like, someone needs to create a business coach to teach business women about cycle syncing their businesses so that they're like productive in half of their cycle. And then the rest of the cycle, they're just kind of like chilling and not doing a lot of business work. I feel like that sounds ideal, but maybe not practical unless you have a very, very regular cycle. (laughs) You can do that. Yeah. 
Absolutely. I would also say going back to what you said about going through your own journey of like under eating and over exercising for me, that was definitely part of my story. And in high school, I was severely under eating and over exercising to the point where my period just disappeared for a very long time. And then when that happens, obviously it's a lot harder to recognize and pay attention to those signals and what's happening in your body. Also a signal to something deeper that is messed up and the way that we're supposed to like nourish and treat our bodies. But I'm curious, besides paying attention to your cycle and what's happening throughout the month, are there other major indicators that people should pay attention to, to know, oh, something's not right here. Maybe I might need to pay more attention to my hormones and what's going on. Yeah. So literally like anything that you can think of that makes you feel off is something that could possibly be related to hormones. Now, I don't want us to like to put the blame on hormones all the time, because I do have women who come to me who are eating like crap and are just automatically blaming their hormones. And it's tricky because, you know, your body is all interconnected and you have multiple different pathways in your body. So like, for example, you have your HPT axis, which is your hypothalamus, pituitary, and your thyroid. And then you also have your HPG axis, which is your, you know, your hypothalamus, pituitary, and your gonads. So like for us, it's ovaries. And then you have your HPA. So hypothalamus, pituitary, your adrenal, so cortisol. So they're all interconnected. So with that, then you have your oat axis, which is your ovaries, adrenals, and your thyroid. So if you're doing something to cause, you know, chaos in your body or to that your hormones aren't loving, it can cause effects elsewhere. And as I mentioned previously, sometimes you can be doing these things for some time before they show up on lab values. So as far as things to pay attention to, if you are wondering if you have a hormonal imbalance, so one, you know, your menstrual cycles, realistically, you should have pretty consistent cycles that aren't changing a lot throughout the month. Now I will say it's normal to have like up to like six days off. So like if you have a period that's two days late one month, that's okay. Now, if you have a period that randomly is like a week and a half late, that's something to pay attention to. If you're having really bad, painful cramps, a really heavy period, a really light period, if your cycles are less than 21 days, or if they're greater than 35 days, that's something to keep an eye on. Outside of that, you know, mood swings outside of, you know, your normal hormonal fluctuation. So if you are having like extreme mood changes and you feel like just totally out of control, like you just want to like bite someone's head off, One, I would say, look at where you're at in your cycle. If you're in the second half of your phase, so leading up to your period, you know, that can be somewhat expected. Now it should still feel controllable to you. Like you should be able to realize, oh, I'm kind of being snotty right now. Maybe I need to like tone it down a little bit and that's fine. But if you're like, just feel totally like snippy out of control of how you're feeling, that's something to look at your energy levels. You shouldn't feel like you need caffeine to get through the entire day. You shouldn't feel like you need caffeine First thing in the morning when you wake up, your energy levels, like you should feel pretty sustained throughout the day. You shouldn't have like a crash in the afternoon. Other things when it comes to like your health and like fitness goals, if you aren't able to lose weight or you're not able to gain weight or you're gaining weight like uncontrollably, no matter what you do, that's something that can be assigned to. So there's a lot of different things. Basically, I just really want to stress the point that we are not meant to feel bad. We're meant to feel good. And We're just meant to like be happy, feel like we're in control of our feelings and our body. If we want to lose weight, we can lose weight. If we want to gain weight, we can do that. So if you're struggling with anything like that, then you might need to dive a little bit deeper as to what's going on. 
What I think is super interesting about this, just thinking about how our physical health and our mental health are so interconnected. I feel like most people are aware of how your physical health, like if you go for a run, you feel really good mentally afterwards, or you're able to focus more, or you're just thinking clear, but vice versa, what you said about managing stress and how putting yourself in stressful situations or consistently stressing out about things affects your hormones and like your physical wellness too. Yeah. And it's so important. And we also need to remember that stress comes in many different forms. It's not just like, oh, I have so much I need to get done at work, or maybe you're running late for an appointment. Like there's so much more stress that goes on. Like if you're having poor digestion and bloating, like that causes inflammation and stress in your body, temperature changes. So we obviously live in Iowa. We have the temperature is about the weather's about as unpredictable as it gets sometimes. So like that does cause stress on our body as well. So many different things, not getting enough sleep can contribute to elevated cortisol in your body as well. So stress comes in so many different forms too. I do want to dig a little bit deeper into the productivity standpoint. And you mentioned a lot of this, so maybe this is just reiterating, but if there's anything new, I'd like to talk about that too. And just understanding how managing your hormones and having a clear picture of what is happening in your body can affect your productivity. Specifically, we're talking to business owners, right? And what that means for the productivity and what you can expect of yourself throughout the month as well. Yeah, absolutely. So leading up to your period. So, okay, we're going to talk about day one of your period. So your hormones are going to be at their absolute lowest here. So estrogen, progesterone, like all of your hormones are going to be at their absolute lowest. And along with that, we have these things called neurotransmitters, like for example, serotonin, Serotonin helps you feel good and the low estrogen levels also bring down serotonin leading up to your period. So this is why the week of your period, you know, you can feel like you don't really want to do much. You feel pretty low and down and it's because your hormones are pretty low. Now, something that I want you guys to all start thinking about, think of estrogen and progesterone as these two sisters. Okay. Estrogen is going to be your sister. Who's like ready to party. She's just the social butterfly. Like she is so fun. Just a great time. Okay. Progesterone is the like sister who's a homebody. She would rather just sit on the couch, watch a movie with some popcorn, hang out, not really do much. Okay. After your period ends. So the day one of your period also starts day one of your follicular phase. And so something that you can think about this follicular phase starts with the letter F. It's the first phase or the first half of your cycle. Okay. So your period comes and ends. So right after your period ends, your hormones are going to start rising. So estrogen specifically. So this is why after your period, you can start to feel like you have more energy. You kind of just feel more confident. You'll have more energy to do things in your life, in your business, in your workouts, you know, what have you. And so estrogen reaches a certain level that signifies to your brain, okay, I'm going to send out this hormone called luteinizing hormone, which is going to kick off the ovulation process. So as women, our physiology wants us to stay alive and get pregnant, reproduce. You know, that's what women are made for. It's all about the circle of life. Because of that, when you are ovulating, your hormones are all going to be at their highest because your body wants you to have sex. Your body wants you to get pregnant. So then you're going to feel, you know, more confident, more energy, ready to do whatever you want because your body, like, you know, you want to feel attractive. You want to whatever. So then ovulation happens. And right after ovulation, estrogen drops. And so from there, it does start rising again a little bit. It has a second peak in the second half of your cycle, but then we enter the luteal phase. So a good rule of thumb, luteal starts with L, 
your later part of your cycle. So the second half. So from there, after you ovulate, so the process of ovulation, I guess I'll kind of chat about too. So in the first half of your cycle, you have follicles on your ovaries that are growing these eggs and leading up to ovulation, there's going to be a dominant follicle that your body basically decides is going to release that egg. And that's the egg that's the chosen one to get hopefully fertilized. So from there, you know, that follicle ruptures, releases that egg and that's ovulation. So after that egg is released, that follicle becomes, it actually becomes an organ called your corpus luteum. And so that's why, you know, corpus luteum, this is what's responsible for your hormone production in the second half. So your luteal phase. So your corpus luteum is actually going to pump out progesterone for the second half of your cycle. Now, remember, progesterone is your your sister who wants to stay home and just relax, doesn't want to do much. So because she dominates the second half of your cycle, that's why leading up to your period, you're going to feel like you might start having those PMS symptoms and you might just kind of feel, you know, down and like not super productive. And that's because of that progesterone production. I think that was it. (laughs) So basically... Overall, from productivity levels, are you saying that we should pay attention to the first half and the second half is where we're going to see the most difference? Because I've heard it described in two halves, but I've also heard it described in the four different parts. Yeah. So I would say start with the two halves. Once you start seeing patterns there, then you can kind of break it down into a little bit more because the four phases are, you know, your period and then your follicular phase and then your ovulatory phase and then your luteal phase. And so your luteal phase is going to be like about two weeks. Now, I will say the first half of your luteal phase, you might still be coming down from the highs of ovulation. So you might still feel pretty good in that first week of your luteal phase. But usually the last week of your cycle, you'll start probably feeling a little, you'll find yourself wanting to slow down a little bit more. I think what's been the most helpful for me in knowing what the different phases are, just understanding and being able to process emotions better throughout the month and anticipating Like you said, it's great if you can plan everything in your business around your energy. That's not always necessarily possible depending on what type of business you have and, you know, the things that you need to show up and do every week. But it is nice to know like, oh, next week, I know that my energy is going to be super low. So I'm not going to book that eight hour strategy session because it's not going to go well. Yep, absolutely. So I'm also curious, we started talking about this before we started hitting record, but you're also a mom of two and one very new little one. So I'm curious to know some of the behind the scenes of how you make time to prioritize your personal health while running your business, being a mom and doing all the things. I think whenever we can get a real behind the scenes peek of what this looks like practically, it's always beneficial. And I always learn something. Everyone has their own little tips and tricks. Yeah. So I will say we are in a chaotic season. I have been working in the health coaching space for several years now, but I just launched my business publicly the week that my son was born. So it's been a wild two months. My son is actually eight weeks old as of yesterday. And so I know I kind of talked previously about things that can you know interfere with your hormones. So like lack of sleep, which... Mm-hmm. We are in the thick of it right now. My son woke up four times last night. And so I, plus my toddler came in to the room while my baby was sleeping. So I woke up five times in the night and I think I maybe had on a good night, I get like five hours of sleep. So we're in a busy season. And so I think for me, focusing on controlling the things that I can. And so also, you know, I'm a fitness coach as well. 
workouts are not consistent and not regular for me right now. I, on a good week, I can probably get two to three workouts in. I have not yet worked out this week and that's okay just because, you know, we're in a busy season. So just controlling the things that I can do. So like throughout the day, even if I'm running around, I can still, you know, drink some water quick here and there. And blood sugar stabilization is something that I like always, always, always will preach because your hormones are also sensitive to your blood sugar. And so this is something that I found was really tricky that I was not prepared for, you know, leading up to the postpartum period. So I was doing a lot of postpartum prep at the end of my pregnancy. So like, for example, if my toddler gets up and the baby wakes up, there's a lot going on first thing in the morning. And so I'm kind of like, I'm not able to take care of myself first thing in the morning. And so sometimes my body's running off of stress hormones and, you know, sometimes we're in a season that there's not really much that I can do there. So I found trying to have quick and easy, like go-to snacks and drinks here and there. So like stashing uh, water bottles around the house so I can grab quick if I need something to drink or like protein bars, because protein is something that is sometimes very hard to get enough of. So having protein bars around the house is really beneficial too. I'm someone I used to love to read and do some mindset work and things like that. And I can hardly do that anymore. So I, instead of sitting down and reading and journaling, I switched to Audible. So now I'm listening to things as I go and listening to podcasts rather than being able to open a book and actually read it because it's also very important to me. As far as the workouts go, if I have to, you know, do a quick like 10, 15 minute workout at home, that's fine. I'm still able to move my body and I know that moving my body is going to feel good to me. So there's that. Now the business side of things, (laughs) it's been So crazy. And also, you know, in the last two months, we hired one person last week and we're actually next week bringing another person onto the team. So things have been very, very busy in that sense. So my biggest thing is asking for help. And I don't know if you guys are into like the Enneagram, but I'm a type two. And so people pleasing is like my jam. It's what I live for. And so asking someone else for help has been really hard for me because I feel like I'm being a burden to someone asking them to help me if I can just like do a couple of things. But especially, you know, being a mom, a business owner, it's so important. And I, even if you're not those things, asking for help doesn't make you weak. It's just so important. We're not meant to do everything in this world by yourself. So having someone to help you is just always going to be huge. Thank you so much for sharing that. I feel like everything that you said is so transferable to other parts of life. Just the ability to not go all or nothing to do what you can control, like you said, and to get in what you can, even if it's not a full 60 minute workout, just taking 15 minutes to move your body still makes a difference. And I think that advice is so applicable to so many other areas of life too. Right. So I want to go back to what you said about blood sugar. I think about you every single morning. And I think I've told you this in the past because you gave the advice and you explained why you should never drink coffee first thing in the morning without eating breakfast. And I think about you every morning as I sip my coffee with no breakfast. So yeah, maybe you can fix me today. But I also just want to dive a little bit deeper into blood sugar and the science behind that and why we should be eating breakfast with coffee. Absolutely. So With our, so in our bodies, I know I touched previously about cortisol and how cortisol is one of our like top tier hormones. So if cortisol is off and insulin is off, it's going to kind of like downstream affect our other hormones. And so cortisol actually has this inverse relationship with melatonin. And so melatonin, you know, we're all familiar with like helps us sleep at night. Okay. 
realistically, when we're waking up in the morning, cortisol should be at its highest, melatonin at its lowest. And that's, you know, why we're waking up. So then throughout the day, you know, they kind of do their thing. And then by the end of the day, cortisol should be low and melatonin should be high. And that's why we're going to sleep and feeling sleepy at the end of the day. Now, I mentioned realistically cortisol should be highest first thing in the morning. And so if you caffeine works by, you know, stimulating your stress response in your body, essentially. So, and getting your blood sugars all over the place. So if cortisol is high, you go in and throw some caffeine on it. It's going to get your fight or flight hormones going. They basically work the same way by stimulating the fight or flight stress response. So again, you know, I also said this previously as women and men too, but our bodies want us to stay alive. So if your body perceives any stress, it's going to send out sugar insulin to basically utilize that energy to be put to use so that you can combat this stress and stay alive. So like, for example, your body doesn't know the difference between almost being attacked by a bear and being late for work. So they're both, you know, things are going to say, okay, hey, I'm kind of stressed out here. We need to, you know, combat this. So it's going to send out glucose to be put to use to energy so that you can either fight that response or run away. So flight. So when you're having coffee first thing on in the morning on an empty stomach, it's going to basically tell your body, okay, like cortisol is already high, but it's going to say, okay, like we need more glucose. We need to like keep going. And so first thing in the morning, before you've even had any food, your body is just going to be running off of stress hormones. And so same thing, it's really important that you have a protein or fat first thing in the morning because carbs are, you know, kind of do the same thing, not related to your cortisol levels, but when you eat carbs or I call them naked carbs. So when you eat carbs that don't have protein or fat associated with them, those carbs are going to be broken down into glucose. That glucose is in your bloodstream to be put to use. So in response to that, your pancreas is going to pump out insulin and insulin's job is to take that glucose and either put it into your cells to be used for energy or store it for later at another time. So then again, first thing in the morning, if you're having caffeine and insulin is there ready to like put all those cells to use that stored glucose, it's just going to cause all sorts of chaos there. Your body's going to start off the day thinking that it needs to like battle stress, your blood sugar is going to tank because it's a protective process. Your body does too good of a job when it comes to putting those glucose and glycogens to use for energy. And so from there, then you eat, your blood sugar is going to come back up and it's just going to be up and down all day, which is why some people, you know, you might have an energy crash later, like in the mid afternoon, because blood sugar is just all up and down all because you started your day off with your body thinking it needs to run off of stress hormones. From a productivity standpoint, I've also talked on the podcast in the past of how we naturally have rhythms of energy throughout the day and how to pay attention to those energy rhythms. But I think it's interesting because I recommend tracking your time per week just to notice what's going on before you change anything. And I think it would be really interesting to track your time during a week and what happens when you are paying attention to like eating breakfast with coffee versus how different it might feel. If you're not used to anything else. Like you don't know how much better it could feel. I think it's really interesting. Like you said, our bodies can't tell the difference on whether we're waking up and being chased by a bear every morning, or if we're drinking coffee without breakfast, (laughs) the response is the same. And so it's crazy to me just to think about how stressed out we are making our bodies on a daily basis. And then also the implications of that for all of the other areas of our health. Right. And people are 
you know, like you said, sometimes, you know, you have your coffee before you have other meals. And sometimes people are doing this all the time, or they're taking like pre-workout before their fasted workouts in the morning. That's going to do the same thing. And again, you know, your body is just running off of stress hormones because you need, it's going to start tapping into those stored glycogen molecules to be used for energy. So that's why some people do it as far as like fasting for workouts, because they want to like lose fat. They're going to tap into the stored molecules. But again, it's going to tap in and pull out all of that stored glucose to use for energy when you could have just ate something small. So your body can use that for energy too. So it's just really important to start thinking of food as fuel and let the stress response like do its thing when it needs to. That's so good. Thank you so much for coming on today. This has been such a helpful conversation. And like I said, everybody needs to go follow you because your content is just full of quick wins and so informative. But before we head out, is there any last words of advice that you'd want to share with somebody who's listening to this episode and thinking that they might have something going on right now? Yeah. So if you are having any symptoms whatsoever and you think you might have you know, a possible hormonal imbalance going on, always, always, always test. Don't guess. Now, again, you know, as we've talked about, sometimes it can be kind of a pain to get the proper lab work to test. So you're not guessing, but that's always going to be my number one recommendation. So making sure things are where they should be in a functional med standpoint, you can follow lots of functional med doctors on um, online too. So like some of my favorites, Jolene Brighton is great. Sarah Godfried, Aviva Ram. Those are really great resources to dive into in the functional med women's health space. Now, outside of that, my number one recommendation for every single person out there, even if, you know, no matter what hormone imbalance they might have, learn about stabilizing your blood sugar. If you have to, you know, get a continuous glucose monitor to wear, that's great. They can be a little bit pricey. You can get a glucose monitor for fairly cheap on Amazon. You just have to remember to, you know, prick yourself after meals, before meals, but you learn a lot about it. So like I, for a while I was doing it just because I was curious and it's important too, because different foods cause different reactions in in your body. So like, for example, I could eat green grapes and feel perfectly fine, not cause or not have a rapid spike in my blood sugar where you might be really sensitive to those. And you don't know that unless you're like actually like looking into that or keeping a food diary and kind of seeing how you feel when you eat specific foods. Now I realized just how sensitive my sleep or my glucose is to lack of sleep. I did this throughout pregnancy just because I was curious. And yeah, when I had lower sleep nights, my glucose was like way higher than what it was if I had a good night of sleep. And it can just tell you a lot about your health, paying attention to your blood sugar levels as well. So that would be another big thing as well. Perfect. So to wrap up, why don't you share where people can find you after the show as well as how people can work with you if this is something that they want to dive in deeper with somebody who can actually help them one-on-one. Yeah. So I am hormone salve on Instagram. It's hormone underscore salve. I also run a one-on-one coaching company called Elite Physiques Coaching. You can find that on Instagram. It's also in my bio. Also, you can go to www.hormonesav.com. In regards to my one-on-one coaching program, we have fitness and nutrition or nutrition lifestyle only coaching options. So a lot of things to offer. Very, very thorough program. And yeah, we just absolutely love it. Thank you so much again for being here today. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Business Minimalist Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, I'd be so grateful if you'd rate it on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening today. 
Your rating and review will help more small business owners discover helpful episodes each week. Don't forget to check out the show notes for the tools and resources mentioned in today's episode, because good ideas don't grow businesses, action does. And if you want more business minimalist tips and resources, head on over to Instagram and follow me at jadeboyd.co. I'd love to hear what you took away from today's episode. I'll see you next time on the Business Minimalist Podcast. The number of women burning out is at an all-time high right now, and I'm on a mission to change that. If you're a service provider who's feeling overwhelmed, overworked, and underpaid, don't let another year go by staying stuck. The Business Edit is a 12-month group coaching program that helps you declutter your business from top to bottom so that you can have shorter to-do lists, a clear strategy to scale, and know exactly what to focus on each week to drive results in your business. You'll end the year with the business that you've been dreaming of building, one that gives you your life back and pays you more than you've ever made before. In the program, you'll follow my signature five-step method for scaling your service-based business. You'll get business minimalist strategy, marketing, systems, and productivity roadmaps that are simple to understand and easy to implement, plus 12 months of customized one-on-one coaching to help you every step of the way. Join me inside the business edit at www.jadeboyd.co backslash coaching and get my step-by-step blueprint with everything you need to build your dream business in 2024. Now back to the show.